Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is paid commercial programming. The views and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. Yeah, it's time to hop on the crazy train. <laughs> Welcome to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors, presented by Coleman Insect Repellents. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors, only on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan. Crazy train with the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors. Well, welcome everybody to the second hour of the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors with your hosts, Danny Bush and me, Tommy the True Neubauer. Uh, if you want to contact us, just give us a buzz at 414 799 1250 or you can email us at ceoguys at yahoo.com. And we come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. We are live. We are unrehearsed. We are taking a ride on the crazy train, as usual. And uh, so uh, welcome welcome to the show. Welcome back. Um, there was something I was supposed to bring up at this time, and by golly, I forgot about it, Danny. Hey, uh, it went right uh, out of my... One, one thing, though... Uh... It, uh, I guess I can go ahead and uh, say it. Uh, I found out Skipper Buds out in Pewaukee there in Silvernail is going to be uh, handling Alumacraft boats. As a matter of and, fact, I'm going to be doing their ad in the next break. And Alumacraft, as you guys know, I'm a big fan of Alumacraft. I'm mm-hmm. on my third Alumacraft. Uh, first was a little uh, 14-foot boat that Dad bought. I think he bought it from... In the 60s, from a Green Bay Packer who had just gotten released and was leaving town, he went and bought that from him mm. for like $675. I was a kid. I think it was Jim Flanagan, as a matter of fact. I think if I'm remembering correctly, maybe I'm all wet on that one. But I've never gotten all wet in an Alumacraft boat. They're solid as can be. Then my next one in 99, I got from MW. I got mm-hmm. a, a 16-foot tiller, 40-horse on that. And then in 2005, I have the boat I still have in love, uh, Lumacraft Navigator, mm-hmm. uh, about a 17-foot, 90 uh, Yamaha on it. I'll tell you what, they're a solid, solid boat. As a matter of fact, a Skipper Buds is now the largest Lumacraft dealer in the Midwest. They have over 150 boats in stock from 14 to 21 feet. That's a lot of boats. I mean, they, they, they really went all in on a Lumacraft. They believe in them, yep. Yeah, and if anybody ever wanted, um, <clears throat> before I got my second one, I went with Steve Milliot out to the boat dealership, and uh, and we kind of took 
masking tape and marked off everything, everywhere where we wanted everything put on because I bought some aftermarket stuff. I got the old catalog out, and I put on uh, rails and downrigger mounts and all kinds of stuff. So if, uh, if when my, my boat's in storage now, but summertime, once the boat's out, if anybody ever wants to come on over and talk a little bit mm-hmm. about buying their new boat and how, how maybe they can you know get stuff laid out and what mm-hmm. things they might want to put on it, I'm glad to talk to them. But uh, the Lumacraft boats are really nice. And I saw some new ones on the lake this year. They got some pretty new kind of cool colors yeah. that they haven't had in the past. And, you know, the thing with Skipper Buds is all those accessories that a guy might want want to put on the boat, they've got them all over there, and they've got skilled technicians to put them on for you. So, you know, yep. they're, they're all wired and ready to go. And some people might want to buy a boat and just use it as is, but if you want to rig it up for trolling, that's where, you you know, I'd be glad to talk to you. And yeah. As far as, you know, how to get it rigged. Mm-hmm rod holders and so forth. I'll tell you, you know, speaking of rod holders, Danny, uh, no matter what kind of boat you have, uh, like if you're, uh, what do you call it? If you're going to be sucker fishing for muskies this fall, it is really nice to have some rod holders on the boat. And some people don't want to go drilling holes in their, you know, boat and whatever. I mean, you can do that if you want, but they've got clamp on, inexpensive clamp on rod holders and it is so nice just to have something to put that rod in that's extending over the boat instead of laying the, the rod down in the boat or having it sticking up and the line going down. It is so nice to have those rod holders. I, I would recommend, and, you know, even if you're just uh, just regular, if, you know, even if you're bobber fishing, it, it's nice to have a spot to put some of those extra rods, you know, while the bobber's sitting out there in the water. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, and and having it put on the boat professionally or if a guy is good at that stuff to do it themselves, I'm telling you, rod holders are great. They're great to have, yeah. Yeah, want to know the one thing on my boat that everybody asks, why don't you put this on here? Let me guess. What's guess, that? Guess what they're asking. I don't know. Okay, think of a client sitting there relaxing. He said, oh, where do I set oh, this Oh, a cup top? holder? Yes. Yeah, a cup holder. They always want, why, why don't you have some cup holders on here? Don't well, they already have some already? Maybe not. Mine some of them don't. Some doesn't don't. have a cup holder. but Some don't. I don't know. But, you you know, you can get those ones where, again, there it's another accessory that you can have attached, you know, in different areas of the boat where it's, you know, screwed in or whatever, and it's just sitting there, you know. I mean, you can have that. Matter of fact, they got some of these cool things where you put on the side of a boat, like up in the front or in the back, that you hang lures on, you know. Like, so when you're musky fishing, you have out maybe a half a dozen of your favorite right. lures when you're changing them quick so you don't have to keep opening the box, taking them out, putting them in, you know, moving the box around. The They're all hanging there, ready to go. One of the tips uh, that I would give if you're if you're looking for something like that, uh, years ago in musky I think Muskie's Inc. had an article about it back in the uh, in the 90s about how you could take uh, like two-foot sections or 18-inch, whatever, of PCV mm-hmm. pipe, mm-hmm. and you could glue it, glue them all together, and then you can leave a big opening in the middle, and then you that your uh, front butt, butt uh, post. Your front seat, seat yeah, the post. right yeah. down over the yeah, middle of that, exactly, and you hang your lures there. Right. And a buddy of mine made one for me years ago, and uh, not only does it does it uh, work for putting the lures, but when I my for my rods too, mm-hmm. I can just stick them in there, yeah. and it's like a rod holder right up in the front of the boat. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. things that you can do to uh, 
uh, you know, trick your boat out, very cheap mm-hmm. and effective, uh, which will make it a lot more convenient. Yeah. You know, I've always said that, you know, when it comes to fishing boats, you have to make them fishing functional. Uh, I remember years ago, I was down in, uh, I forget, South Bend, Indiana. This is a long time ago. And this is when, uh, um, oh, what's the name? A Bayliner. They started coming out with, like, bass boat-type boats, okay? And I'm down there, and I'm looking at, at this boat, and it's like, first of all, the, the front seat, you know, the front pedestal seat, it's like it's so close to the front of the bow that there's no room for the foot pedal of the electric motor. The foot pedal is actually underneath the seat, and it's like no way to get at it. The windshield was about six inches tall. It it, it was useless, right? And there was there was a bunch of other things. And uh, the guy, this guy comes over, and I was standing there because I was with Force and Bluefin at the time, and. And I'm and uh, uh, what's her face? The uh, uh, Bayliner just bought the Bluefin Company. Anyway, and Force and I'm standing there right by this boat, you know, ask, taking questions from people or whatever. And this guy comes up. He says, "What do you What do you think about this boat?" And it was their new model. Well, right? And you never wanted to, and you know, be diplomatic I, on it. You exactly. let them have it. This thing and I, sucks. And, and no, I well, didn't say it sucks. You can't I said, put your foot. No, no. It's too close. To I, I said, I, no, I said to the guy, I says, well, it's not very fishing functional. He says, what do you mean? And I started pointing out these things, you know. He was not real pleased because he was the guy, he was the owner of Bayliner, and he was the guy who designed the boat. <laughs> But, I mean, I said it in a nice way. It's just not fishing functional. As a matter of fact, one year, this one boat company that I was representing on their tiller model, Danny. Yep. You know where they put the locator? Instead of on the left-hand side where you can look right at it when you're driving the boat. They put it on the right-hand side. They put it on side. the right-hand side. And I said to the guy, they had them down at Lake Geneva. They had this boat show, and they had all these new boats from this company sit out there in the water. Yep, yep. And I said to the guy, I said, what the hell is this? I says, what's that? And I Once says, again, I Mr. Diplomatic, <laughs> I says, Tom Newbauer. Well, I mean, it's like you got the locator on the wrong side of the boat. He's, now, this guy, the guy who designed it, he'd never been on a boat in his life. He, he was not a fisherman. He was not an angler. He did not know. And he says, why? What's the matter with it? I says, it's on the wrong side. I says, you can't. You don't have eyes in the back of your head. It's supposed to be over here. And I got in the boat, and I showed him how people sit to drive it. And I said, and this is where they look on their left, not behind them on their right. Oh, he says, oh, we better fix that. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> well, I suppose so, I suppose the one guy, the Bayliner guy, the first yeah. boat guy, he probably, sounds like he designed it to make it look cool and yes, look good. Yes, looking cool, yeah. It was all about design, all but about not about looks. function. Right, right. It's got to be right. fishing functional. It's, it's and that's be why. Like, it's got to be like Levi jeans, man. Yeah. Form and function. Yeah. You know, it's. It's, it's the same thing with like uh, Alumacraft boats and Lund boats and Crestliners, and there's a bunch of different boat, you know, top of the line boat companies that they 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 look into that. They they've got people on their staff that, who are who are anglers, who are fishermen, you know, and they probably have pro staffers that give them some suggestions, you know, and pointers on what would make them more fishing well, functional. Here's the thing: if you get a new boat too, because I know people always say, "Well, the happiest day, two happiest days." Yeah. We've all heard it. When you yeah. buy it and sell it, if you buy a brand new boat, you got it. If you take care of it, I mean, I'm talking about making sure you religiously get it winterized mm-hmm. in the end of the year. Uh, you you store it somewhere. Uh, you also, uh, if it's like, like mine's a four stroke, so I get a nice, get an oil change done each year. Mm-hmm. Um, you do the winterizing periodically every, 
mine is so great is a four stroke. It might be three, four years, and then I'll have them change the plugs. Um, you've got uh, things that you know, your preventative type things like the uh, impeller. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you know, it, that's what sucks the water up mm-hmm. and then pees it out the side. Mine worked for like six years and then as preventative or maybe even longer. I just, even though it was working fine, I had it done because you don't want to have that go on you in the middle of Lake Michigan and yeah, all of a sudden your yeah, engine yeah, overheat. Yeah, yeah. I guess the lengthy point I'm trying to make is if you take care of the boat, it, it can last forever mm-hmm. and it, it, you'll be happy with it. My son, my oldest son, Chris, he bought that, I think it was a 2004 Alumacraft Navigator. And, uh, you know, he said, I am so glad I bought it. It was, you know, it was used when he bought it, but the person took care of it. Right. He said, I am so happy. This is the great, he, he said it was the best decision I ever made, you know, because, you know, he takes care of it. You yeah. know, I, well, as a matter of fact, this year though, I told him, I said, you know, instead of me winterizing it every year, I'm going to show you how we're, we're going to do wait, that. You're going to come with me and you're going to do it. And I'll that's, just tell you how to do he it. He takes you fishing. That's, that's your, that's your fee. That, you that's my him. fee? You owe well, him Well, I ain't going to be around you for You owe hey, him. The old man, hey, I take him fishing all the time. He winterizes yeah. the boat. Well, the old man ain't going to be around forever, so he better know, learn how. Well, that's yeah. the way I'm looking at it. He better learn how. And so he, this year he said, okay, I'll do it. You just tell me what to do. I said, because it's so easy to do. I mean, it's so easy. It takes like 10, 15 minutes. I, 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 I know. I, I did it years you ago. Know what but the hardest, I'd rather pay yeah. somebody to do it. You know what the hardest part is? After you take off the cowling, some of those cowlings are hard to fit it back on just exactly right so that they fold down and snap in. I mean, yeah, some of them are yeah. a little tough. That's the hardest part is mine's, getting your cowling back on. Mine's mine's real easy. Well, listen, we got to go to a break, but when we come back, we're going to be playing the NFL football picking contest brought to you by Curly's Waterfront Pub on beautiful Pewaukee Lake. You'll win a $10 gift certificate if you tie us or beat us in the football picking contest. So be a contestant at 799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. I'll tell you, you know, picking football games is easy, but picking against the spread is not so easy. And that's what we do. We pick against the spread. So give us a call, 799-1250. Be a contestant for the NFL football picking contest. We'll be right back with more at 105.7 FM, The Fan. It is now time to play the NFL football picking contest. We don't have a contestant, 799-1250. All you got to do is tie us or beat us, and... uh, you're going to win a $10 gift certificate to Curly's Waterfront Pub in Pewaukee. They're a kitty corner from uh, Smokey's Musky Bait and Tackle Shop. Great food, great drinks, great ambiance, lots of TVs to watch, whether it be the Badger game, the Packer game, or any football game that you like. Uh, they, they got those TVs rolling all day on Sunday, and especially during the Badger game, too, so... 799-1250 to be a contestant here on the NFL Football Picking Contest. And uh, while we wait for Greg to take the person's name who's going to be the contestant, we just want to tell you that over at Curly's, you know, they got a lot of specials, like for the Packer games. They probably have them for the Badger games too, but they got a lot of specials, you know, free drinks on all prizes and all kinds of stuff going on over there. It's a lot of, a lot of fun. 
Okay, who do we have? We have full phone lines now. Oh, so yeah, they should have called earlier. So yeah. unfortunately, you waited too long, and yep. our contestant is John. So, Where, John. Where's John from? John is from Milwaukee. Okay. John, we are going to take your info after we go through all these. So, stay on the line. I'll put you on hold after we pick everything. We're going to start. Good. Okay, John. Okay. Let's gonna... Turn it over to Greg now. Yeah. Uh, last week, Tom went three and one. Bushy went one and three, and myself and the caller went two and two. So Bushy was uh, not too good last week. And can I point out something, Greg? I last week I had the lock of the week was Carolina, and that came through. My shoe in other week was the Packers, and that came through. So don't laugh at my locks and shoe ins. <laughs> I've been lucky. Been lucky this year. All right, we'll start out in the college ranks. We have Purdue visiting Wisconsin at Camp Randall game at 2.30 this afternoon. Wisconsin is giving Purdue 16 and a half. John, who you got? Well, Wisconsin's going to win that game, but they're not going to cover that spread. All right, no, so you're you don't taking think so, the huh? Purdue. All right. Tom? Well, you know, last week I screwed up. That was a trap play by Las Vegas, giving too many points in Nebraska. A lot of people bet on Nebraska with all those points, and Wisconsin covered easily. I expect them to do the same thing this week. I'm going to take Wisconsin. Bushy? Now watch me be wrong. Now, (laughs) our player is John, right? Yes, yes. He sounded really knowledgeable when he talked about this, so I'm just going to go with him. (laughs) There you go. All (laughs) There you go. I'm going to go with Wisconsin because if you've listened to my – Sports update, Wisconsin mm-hmm. has last won the last 10 meetings against Purdue by double-digit points. Now, 16.5 is a little more than normal double digits, but Wisconsin's on a roll. Purdue is not that good, so that's what we'll go with. Next game on the docket is Chicago at Baltimore. Baltimore is giving Chicago 6.5. John, who you got? Oh, uh, this is a tough one. I mean, Chicago just stinks to high heaven right now. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Baltimore to cover the spread. All right. Bushy. Well, John really sounds like he knows what he's talking <laughs> about here, so I'll go with what he said. Yeah. All right, Tommy. Oh, I'm def- Baltimore. I mean, Trubisky, you know, he's still on a learning curve. You Trubisky. Know. That's right. You but, know, he threw some good passes. You know, yeah, he did. He but, looks good. But he's still a rookie. It's still, you know, his second game. So I'm definitely going to go with Baltimore. I he, think their defense is going to hold the Bears down. I'm going to go with Baltimore as well. Trubisky still is a rookie quarterback, and they really don't have a lot of weapons surrounding him. Uh, next game is Detroit at New Orleans. Detroit is getting four. John, who you got? New Orleans is just not that good of a team this year, and Matthew Stafford is you know, still one of the top ten quarterbacks in the league. I'm going to go Detroit. All right, Tom. Yeah, you know, I got to agree with John. <laughs> no, I agree. <coughs> Excuse me. I think Detroit's defense is going to hold up against uh, New Orleans, and I think Stafford is, will, you know, he'll find a way to get a few touchdowns. I'm definitely going to go with Detroit. Bushy. Well, now it's my time to, to turn to sound like All I right. know what's going on. Do you guys know that Stafford is questionable with some leg issues? Mm-hmm. Do you know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. See, I study this stuff. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> All I right. am not going to go with Detroit. I'm going to go with oh, New Orleans. Right away, oh. the oddball over there. Okay. 
Uh, final game for the weekend. Green Bay is going to U.S. Bank Stadium in Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Green Bay is giving the Vikings three. John, what you got? Can we add a zero to that three? I'm sorry. Minnesota stands absolutely no chance in this game. Sam Bradford is out. They're banged up. As long as the Packers can keep Aaron Rodgers upright and they can get the running game going again, Packers by at least double digits. All right. Bushy? I'll tell you what. John's exactly right. You could bring Eric Torkelson in to be quarterback of the Green Bay Packers and throw screen passes all day and flare passes. You'd still beat the Vikings right now. Tom? And now I have my lock of the week. This is a no way. This is the lock of the week, and of course, it's the Green Bay Packers. They're not going to lose to the Vikings for all those reasons that you guys just said. Okay, well, I thought yeah. you were going opposite No, or no, it's going to be the Packers. Yeah. Yeah, there's and no way. How could it only be three points? Do they know something? Is this a trap game? No. Vikings no. do have a very Should good a- defense. Yeah. They do have a very good defense. We're probably top five in the league. And, but they, and they, there is the hate factor, rivalry is, factor. Well, that's also the thing. you got a, a teams that play against each other more often than anybody else. It's in Minnesota. So I agree with John. I think it's going to be a double-digit win, but I could see it being a field goal game just because of the rivalry and... Well, if you're mm-hmm. the Vikings, you run the ball and play. You, yeah, try you to play knock clock crap, management as much as possible. Knock the crap out of Aaron Rodgers on defense. And, Your yeah. starting quarterback is Casey Keenum, so you're going to want to run the ball. Casey Kasem? Yeah. Casey Kasem. So you're going to want to run the ball yeah. as much as possible. Music show? Well, John, good luck. Stay on, stay on the, we're going to yeah. put you on hold, stay on the line so we can get your info. All right, John, stay on hold. All right. All right, thanks. And, you know, you some people might not have understood what I meant. Uh, I, I talked to the no-name bookie uh, after the show last week, right. and he said, you realize you should have taken Wisconsin. I says, what do you mean? He says, that was a Las Vegas trap play. And I said, what do you mean trap play? And he said, they gave Northwestern more points because they wanted you to take Northwestern and all those points. I uh, Not Northwestern, I'm sorry, uh, Nebraska. They wanted you to take Nebraska and all those points. And because they felt, you know, the Las Vegas odds makers felt that Wisconsin was going to win by a lot more than that. And he says, yeah, you should. I he, I, I, I take it the no-name bookie put a chunk down on uh, Wisconsin because he was smiling later on that day. So, uh, yeah, sometimes they do that stuff, Bushy. Las Vegas, you know, they, they have these trap plays. Make you think one way and it goes the other. Trap. Yeah, game. so. Well, I should always talk to the no-name bookie before we do this segment. I should call him. Wake them up. I don't know. It's what in Las Vegas, it's like two hours behind, though. You know, it would be like calling them at uh, five in the morning if I called them at seven o'clock. Oh, he's actually in Vegas? Well, sometimes. Oh, yeah. I thought he was like Sal's neighbor or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> right? The no name book, you hey. never know if he's going to be in Las Vegas or Atlantic City. They get together for a you know, few beers wherever. and shoot off the old bump stocks. No, no, no. They, Sal and you never know where the no name book he's going to be. You know, he, he shows up all over the place. He might be down in Florida betting on Hialeah games. You never know. You know. He is the shadow. Yeah. Who knows where the shadow My dad said Only there was the a, shadow knows. Yeah, did you, my dad used to say there was a radio show years ago, and that was it. It yeah. was the shadow. The shadow. Yeah, yeah. I, I I mean I don't remember listening to it, but I I remember that as a matter of fact they wanted uh, 
the guy who uh, uh, Citizen Kane. What what's the guy's name? He wrote it and starred in it. Uh, and uh, War of the Worlds. He did all that. Uh, I can't think of the guy's name. Oh, Tom Cruise? No, God. Not, no, the original War Red of the Pitt. Worlds. Rock Hudson. The, the original. Come on, somebody. One of our uh, listeners, give us Jerry a call. Jerry Mathers. Give us a call. Who, who was that? What was that actor's name? Uh, big star. He Orson uh, Welles. Or, thank you, Orson Welles. Anyway, they were going to have Orson Welles do the voice of the shadow, but since he scared so many people with that War of the Worlds thing... That uh, they decided, no, no, no. He'd he, scare him too much. Yeah, he'd scare him too it's much. It's supposed to be scary. See, well, the wussification of America started only, way back yeah, then. Way what? back then, yeah. The wussification of well, America started they, way back. Yeah, then. They, yeah. And they, you're right. And they felt that his voice Cream was puffs. too. Before it, that, everybody could bench press their weight. You know. Yeah. <laughs> After that, it's been all downhill. It's marshmallows, yeah. cupcakes, so, and s'mores around the campfire. Yeah. So they were going to have him, but then now I can't remember who was the voice of the guy now. Voice of, the shadow? The now, voice of the Shadow. Why didn't they ever yeah. make a movie out of The Shadow? They did. There they were did. Com- there were comic books on it. That's not they- a movie. No, I know, but then they made a movie from when? the comic books. I don't know. Long time There's ago. There's been no Shadow movie. I think there has. It would have been a blockbuster. I don't know about that. They could have had you in it too, Tom, like yeah, when you were in Major League. I, I you could... kind of looked like Tom Selleck back in the day. Yeah, back in the day. You when, did, you, you when, know. When my mustache was actually brown yeah, when and you not actually gray. had dark hair and you, you had that uh, look going on, but. Yeah. The shadow. Yeah, the shadow. But anyway. Uh, no, hold on. I got, it. Oh, you, I got you, it right here. Okay. okay. The Voice of the Shadow. One of the best remembered radio series. Uh, detective story. Yeah. Um, and who was the voice? The shadow was Frank Reddick. Frank. Frank I remember Reddick. him. Yeah, Frank Reddick. And then he later invented a hot 30, sauce. Well, it was a whole bunch of them. It was 30 to 35. Then you had... Uh, William Johnstone, Brett Morrison, and Orson Welles did do it for he did a do it year. Later on, yeah. Later Once on. everybody had recovered from their psychological trauma Can of you the believe War that, of the Worlds. Yeah, that people were listening to radio believing that uh, Mar- Mars had invaded and people actually killed themselves, jumped out of windows. I mean, how many it actually was killed themselves? I don't know, but it was mass hysteria. People actually believed it. He, he did it so realistically. And back then, people are just listening on the radio. You know? They didn't have TV to give no. them the news. No, they're listening on the radio, and he does well, the story. And then he had the breaking Might, news. The, the... A, yeah, it was done very realistically, and a lot of people believed it. Talking about My those old goodness. radio shows. Why would you kill yourself, though? You don't, you don't see don't a little know. alien I coming after I don't know. You? It's weird. It's weird. Hey, maybe you find a hot one. You mate. You have a hybrid. What the heck? <laughs> that way they don't have to abduct you in the middle of the night and take your sperm in some weird experiment yeah. and probe you and probe yeah. you yeah no probing going on um hey i just oh go ahead, go ahead. Oh, i just was going to let everybody know that on october 28th uh Lori scherf is going to be in the studio she's an ice angler uh bow and gun deer hunter and uh and a musky hunter and makes her own bucktails but anyway Lori's going to be in the studio for the full two hours, so we're looking forward to that. And Jeez. in January sometime, yeah. we are going to have uh, someone here to talk about African hunting. He has an African yeah, that's right. outfitter Somebody, yeah. come on in and yeah. talk about that if you're ever ever interested in African hunting. Yeah, yeah. he's going to talk about that. Yeah, we, we could uh, we could even maybe, well, we don't, that's all. That would cost us too much money to call the guy I know, Daniel Dutoy. In South Africa, that would cost too much money to call him. I got that right, card. So we we still called, got a few uh, minutes remember left. When we, remember when we called the lady about uh, yeah. Cecil? Yeah, about yeah. Cecil Little. I, I got that card code. All right, that, so uh, anyway. according to this, yeah, it is a falsehood that Orson Welles' War of the Worlds caused mass hysteria. 
Really? It was actually a weekly broadcast, and this was just an episode on part of their Mercury Theater on the air. Oh, I had always heard that it did cause mass hysteria. I think it caused some hysteria. I think there were a few knuckleheads out there. I thought I heard. I don't know. Is that like like the biggest legend ever? But then again, you know, this might be fake news too. Can't you don't know what you what on to believe in internet. My, I was gonna say before my dad used to talk about those old radio shows and he said one of the strangest things ever on the farm. He'd get up in the morning to milk the dairy cows and he was out there with his brother and they had the radio show and it was listening to a, a Christian radio show mm-hmm. broadcast. And all, all of a sudden the, the preacher on, on the radio said, Let us pray. And the cow <laughs> Got down on its knees. Really? And then my brother, my no brother, my dad and my uncle just looked at each other in amazement. Wow. And cracked. They just that, said it was the weirdest thing that's they ever eerie. saw. He said, let us pray. And the cow got down on its front knees. That's eerie. That's weird. Yeah. Well, you well, can train it really, to do it. Yeah. Hey. You know what else is weird? You can, you've heard of Holy Cow. Yeah, yeah. Holy that was the first one. There you go. Dun, dun, dun. What else is weird is we got to go to a break. We'll be right back with more of the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors on 1250 AM and 1057 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors, going around the state with the local, with the uh, statewide fishing reports, Flambeau River, been seeing some musky action, Boise Brule River, tough action for the old trout skis up there, uh, trout streams in Wapaka, apparently fishing's been very good, uh, action on them, guessing some of those small streams, uh, some salmon have been showing up. In Kiwani, Manitowoc, the east and west twin rivers. Uh, sounds like those shores are getting pretty packed with guys, though. Uh, Port Washington, there's been some Kings rainbow coho action. And uh, they're also getting some some of them down in the streams down here. Yeah, as a matter of fact, now is the time when those Kings are in the harbor. As a matter of fact, in the harbor right down here in Milwaukee, you don't even have to go past the break wall. Guys are catching, uh, you know, brown trout and salmon, you know, right in the harbor, just trolling in the harbor, sometimes just jigging, you know. I think one of the best-kept secrets is the shore fishing from that Kenosha Harbor, which I've been harping yeah. on for years. You can catch yeah. you can catch brown trout from July on, mm-hmm. and now you can catch not only the browns, but you can catch the salmon as mm-hmm. well, and you can either chuck out spawn on the bottom or mm-hmm. night crawlers on the bottom. You can chuck spoons. The guys are using tube jigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnows. You yeah, know, a number of different shiners, ways. So a lot of different ways. A lot of good fishing available yet. Yeah, that is true. And, uh, and you know, really, you know, I was just telling somebody the other day, uh, the best place to get a spot if you're going down by the Hone Bridge, you know, behind the Summerfest grounds, is right at the lighthouse. The only problem is, is guys get down there real early to get that spot, <laughs> right at the end of the lighthouse there. You'll probably see the same retired guy sitting oh, yeah. on the same green oh, yeah. bucket. Yeah. Who do you got on the line there, Greg? We have Kurt from Sussex. Hey, Kurt, good morning. 
Good morning. What's on your mind? Did I hear you correctly at the beginning of the show that there's a different, uh, that Kathy Stepp is out and someone yep. else is in? Yep, Kathy Stepp, uh, she works for the Trump government right now in the oh. in the EPA, and, and now we got a new guy, and his name is Dan, what is it, Dan? Dan Meyer. Dan uh, Meyer. He's a former Northwoods Republican legislator yeah. and Eagle River mayor. Yeah. So, yeah, you heard right, yeah. Okay, um, so my question is, um, now that she's out and this new guy's in, I'm uh, almost 62 years old. Do you think in my lifetime I'll ever see a launch at North Lake? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Thank Don't, you, Kurt. Thank you. I, I haven't, I I haven't would, brought that up in a while. I, Tom kind of, he, he kind of came to... He he kind of came to terms with it. He after therapy, I might add, yeah, thousands of ther- dollars worth yeah, of therapy. Yeah, Tom had to yeah. go to. Uh, but you know what? Since we have a new DNR secretary, I might have to give him a call and say, uh, "How about a uh, how about that launch on North Lake? We own the property. Why not build the launch?" My so. my guess is no. You'll never <laughs> see it. <laughs> but but we can always hold out hope. Hey, you know, yeah. yeah, always hold on. Contact your legislature. I mean, does it hurt to send? Do they even read the emails? They do. They, they, do. do. they, they have a staffer. They have some flunky, they, some flunky staffer. Yeah, but but still, if enough people were to call, write, email, whatever, uh, yeah, it, the flunky it, staffer it, it will go to them and go, hey, you know, we're hearing a lot but about. But you know, this. those state legislatures, they're very accessible. They're they're a lot more accessible than let's say a congressman or a senator or something like that. You know, so. They're more accessible, Kurt. So give them a holler. Well, you know, I, I, you know, you say right to your legislature, you know, and all of that. Also, I hear is a um, paper shredder grinding away in the background. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, all you gotta do warm up the yeah. paper shredder. Well, you know, you can keep the if it's a voicemail, you can keep it short and sweet by just saying, "Where the hell is that launch on North Lake?" Yeah. <laughs> You'll just holler at them. All okay. right, Kurt. Thanks Thank for you. calling. Okay, bye. <laughs> Kurt had to go and bring it up, huh? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of people. I mean, it's not just me and you. And I mean, there's a lot of people that are wondering why did we? Why did the DNR, with our money, right, buy this property? You know, which did, which was not cheap. Why did we buy it just for it to sit there and do nothing? I mean, why? I mean, if we're not going to use it, sell it, get rid of it. You know. If they're not going to do anything with it, why keep it, you know? Well, how about, could we go out and have like a party there, Tom, if it's owned by the, uh, right, the DNR, right? It's like public land now, right there? It's Even though there's no to, launch? Supposed what to be. What if we go out there we're, and- We're part owners of it. Let's go have a picnic. Let's bring some grills, have a yeah. party. Have a picnic yeah. there, yeah. Back in, uh, you know, back yeah, in the Miller, tr- Miller truck and let her rip. Yeah, you're probably going to pay for a permit. What? You probably had to pay for a permit. A permit. Yeah. I'm sure, the, party there. I'm sure the local residents would uh, <laughs> really. Well, a we, party permit. Yes. We had those years yeah. ago. You got four guys together. You sent in your deer hunting yeah. license. You got the party permit. Yeah. Well, just like if you go to any uh, county park, you go to yeah. Brown yeah. Deer Park or even yeah. Window Park, if you want to use one of their areas, areas yeah. you have to get a yeah. permit. You have to pay for a permit. You have mm-hmm. to pay more if you want to have booze on that on mm-hmm. that area. Yep. Yep. So you can't just go to the park? No. Nope. We uh, we what did a, that. What a bunch of and if, crap. And if, if you go there and have a little party and they catch you, you can get fines up the wazoo. <clears throat> the park yeah. police come get you. That's right. We they did... even charge you to take Window Park, for example, because they have the, the botanical gardens in there. Yeah. You have to pay 
a permit to get to take pictures in that park. What? Yep. To take pictures? Mm-hmm. Well, what about the First Amendment? It doesn't it's say you have the right to take pictures. Well, isn't that like protected? What nope. if I took those pictures and published them somewhere? Now it's part of the First Amendment. I don't know. Now about I'm going to get charged. Yeah. Yep. yep. What a ripoff. When my middle son graduated, charging from, you through the nose on everything these days. When my middle son graduated college, we had a big party out at Lannan Park because there was a lot of people he wanted to invite. So we had we rented that place. They had the gazebo. They had the the grills. It, they're, they're like uh, uh, stone type grills, you know, and uh, that are permanent fixtures. And uh, we had to pay for the having alcohol there and rented out this area that was just for us. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forget how much it costs and all that, but yeah, you had to pay for all that stuff. We're paying for everything these days. Oh, here that that brings up my gripe of the week. Want to hear my gripe of the week? <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> okay, so nowadays. Like, used to be if you got either a rebate or, like, let's say you had a refund coming from a company, they'd mail you a check. Yeah. Now, all they want to do is send you a debit card. They send you, like, a debit card. Yeah. Okay? So, so like, you get this. Why aren't they just sending a check? Well, they send the debit card. My theory is this. Tell me if I'm wrong. Let's say it's a $50 debit card. Okay? You go somewhere and you spend $47.82. Do you even worry about paying the other, using the other couple dollars up? No, you toss the debit card. I think they're trying to rip us off and save money by sending debit cards instead of sending us a check. And some places, Danny, when you get a re, and I don't want to mention the name because I shop there a lot, but if they have a rebate, you know, it's not a rebate that you can use anywhere, you know, a cash or check or, I mean, a In check. store. You gotta use it in that store again, so they get you twice. You know, you can only use it in their store. Well, it's smart business. Well, yes, it is smart business. But you gotta, gotta read the fine print. Yeah, in store. Yeah, that's rebate. right. Oh, it does say that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but we gotta go to our last break of the day, last one, and then. Oh, we, 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 I don't know what we got coming up, folks. But hey, I gotta say hello, mom. Is she listening? I hope so. I bought her a, a Google Chromebook so yeah. she can listen to the show up oh. from Evergreen, uh, up at yeah. the home up there in Oshkosh. Yeah. So uh, if the nurse got it going for her this morning, yeah. hope That's it cool. works. Go- well, hello, Mrs. Bush. Yeah. Glad to have you here and if on you're the not show. there anyway, well, our thoughts are with <laughs> you. Yeah. All right. We'll be back with more of the Midwestern Shooter Supplies Cutting Edge Outdoors. Stay tuned for more, folks. It's the final countdown. Welcome back to the Midwestern Shooter Supply Cutting Edge Outdoors. And for all your hunting and shooting needs, head up to Midwestern Shooter Supply. They got a great supply of everything you need for hunting and fishing, as a matter of fact. They got some had some great deals going on those flicker shads for a while. And uh, big fishing department, archery as well. Uh, if you're trying to load up and get some ammo for the big hunt, which is coming up in a month, head on up mm-hmm. there. They got a huge selection. We got to make one more announcement, folks. That uh, three Charlie's Muskie tournament held out of uh, Smokey's Muskie Bait and Tackle Shop is going to be next week on the 21st on Saturday. Uh, you can still get entry forms over there at Smokey's Muskie Shop. Uh, it's 150 bucks a team. 
two-person team, or if you just want to be a one-person team, you know, you can spend pay the whole 150 yourself. But you can only use one casting rod per person and one sucker rod per boat. And I don't know what the hours are, probably something like 7 to 3 or something like that. And uh, Yeah, call out 691-9659. Yeah, that's a 262 number. 691-9659. Or Google Smokey's Musky Shop. You'll get one of the trained uh, technicians, suckerologists Mm -hmm. there. Yeah, and they do have, they got plenty of suckers. They all got tons of suckers. And, you know, they don't have a lot right now because the weather has still been nice. Huh? Oh, yeah, they don't have a ton right now because the weather is so nice. But in a couple of weeks, when the weather starts getting cooler, man, they'll have something like three, four hundred suckers in there. All, there I, will, I mean, they always have tons of them. There will be a lot of suckers, my yeah. friends. And, you know, when it comes to suckers for musky fishing, I, I don't like those monster ones, those 16, 18, 20-inchers. I don't like those. The uh, 12 inches. The biggest I've ever used is 17 inches. Yeah. And uh, I will say I caught a 42-inch muskie on a 17-inch soccer. Huh? Yeah. I prefer more around a 13, 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big one I caught years ago out there, a 50-incher I caught in November of 03, I think it was. Um, I had about a 13. Yeah. Inch yeah, I'd say, I'd say 14, between that, that 12 to 14 inches, you know, those are those are just fine. I do know? like to get a real lively, wild Mm-hmm. acting one um mm-hmm. sucker fishing is a lot of fun it is one I, of the most enjoyable things you can do is going out dragging a sucker because when the muskie part of it is just seeing the muskies which might seem mm-hmm. strange to our listeners what do you mean seeing is it like deer hunting you see the deer well yeah uh what happens is your your sucker will get nervous and start tugging out line and more often than not if you Gently, slowly wind that sucker and lift it up where you can get an eyeball on it if you got your polarized glasses on, which every fisherman should have polarized glasses. And then you'll see the muskie yeah. back behind it or down right. under it a mm-hmm. little bit. So a lot of times they'll just kind of stalk them like a leopard stalking <laughs> a goat on a stake. They keep stalking <laughs> that thing. You know, one time up at, uh, it was in a, a lake up in the UP, and this uh Fella, we uh, we were had the suckers out and mainly just suckers, not even casting, because it was so darn cold and snowing and everything. But anyway, uh, he he, you know, it went click 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 and all that stuff. But this was at a time when we didn't use the quick strike rigs. This was when you just had that big J hook in the front, you know. Yep. And so he said, well, you know, and you never knew really when to set the hook. You know, you you talk to ten people, you get ten different answers. You know. You wait anywheres from 10 minutes to a half an hour, whatever. Well, anyway, he starts reeling in slowly, and here this muskie's got the sucker. He's holding on to it, but the hook isn't in its mouth, you know, because yep. he T-boned it, and the hook's outside of his mouth. And he's just holding on to it, and he reeled it in slowly, and he says, get the net, get the net. And I get the net in the water, and as it got closer, it got about two feet away from the net, and I almost netted that thing without a hook being in it, but... It must have seen the net or something, and it got spooked and let go and I, went away. But that was pretty cool to see. Yeah, I did it once. I actually did, did net it? it. Yep, you did. I yeah. uh, I was up. Uh, I was fishing off the Walks Island in the snow. There was like a little mini blizzard going mm-hmm. on on Pewaukee many years ago. It was about a 36, 37 incher. It was clamped down on the sucker. So I grabbed. This was very difficult to do. I might add. I grabbed the uh, net with one hand and lifted with the rod and 
<laughs> gently pulled it in and dropped the rod, really? and I had it in the net. And That's... then I just kind of reversed the net. I said, stupid fish, and let it swim away. Yeah. One of the more amazing things, though, is sucker fishing again on Pewaukee years ago. I, I felt one smack the sucker. And uh, no, the sucker got nervous first, and I pulled up, and there muskies behind it. This went on for like 15 minutes. I let it down, mm-hmm. lift up, muskies' noses to it. And uh, I actually started moving the sucker around, and that muskie was swimming with its nose right on the tail of the sucker. So finally I thought, you know what? So I'm kind of like figurating the sucker, and I got the net, put the net in the water. I figurated the sucker into the net. The muskie followed. I Get lifted. out of here. I'm not. I, I hornswoggle nope. you. I'm not hornswoggle. <laughs> no hornswoggle. And I lifted up with my left arm, but I could only get half the muskie Oh, Ip, in the net. And he tipped out. Yeah. So then. Uh, wow. So then I put. So get this. <laughs> and it was a real light colored musky, right? Mm-hmm. Real distinct. So then I, I put the sucker back down in the water, felt something grab it. And I lifted up lightly and looked down. It was the same musky. I swear to God. Same size. Really? Same color, and it now had T-boned the sucker. And there was a darker colored musky alongside of it with his nose to the sucker. Like, like really? he was. Like, was this on a J-hook? Uh, no, I had a quick, I had a quick strike. Okay. Uh, so soon as I saw that the one had it, the other one, it was amazing. Was like, it wanted it to its nose right to it. I just set the hook, cranked the fish in, Mm -hmm. unhooked and let it go. And I thought, stupid fish. Here he is. Here it is. Halfway's in the net. I tip it back in and it grabs the sucker. So when they're, when they're in that primordial feeding mode when they're, they know a sucker is yeah. good to eat maybe a lure they get lure shy but it seems like a sucker mm-hmm. they know those are good to eat you know that happened to me and a few years back on a little lake outside of milwaukee that has muskies in it but i'm not going to tell you where anyway fowler and, and i'm he not was gonna... on fowler <laughs> he went and did it. busted him right i just love doing well, that. anyway this Mr. fish lake th- this fish uh, grabbed the sucker, you know, by the side of the boat. You know, I had it down about, I forget how many feet. Anyway, I had it down there. It grabs it, right? So I set the hook, and I got it on. I got it on for about 30 seconds, and it comes up about, I don't know, 30 feet away from about 20, 30 feet. And I can see it. It comes up, and all of a sudden, the hooks come right out of it. I go, I made a few words, you know, yeah. four-letter words. Yeah, he didn't make them up. He knew he heard them somewhere yeah. else. So I started. Him, so I started reeling it in. And I could see the sucker right, and I started right. reeling it in. That fish turned right around and grabbed it again. I mean, she just turned right around Smack and grabbed it. it like a freight train. And I, I got it in, the, and that was when I got it by the side of the boat. I'm looking for the net, and I went, "Damn, I forgot the net, the musky net," you know. So then I had to grab it. Now that was a 46 incher on a little on a little Fowler Lake. And then I, that's when I called uh, Eric Catlin. He was yeah. he was running that the musky shop out there, Musky yeah. Mike's at the right, time. Right. I called him up because I got the suckers from him. And I called him up. I said, Eric, I got a nice fish here. Can you come over to Fowler Lake? He said, what? I said, I don't have a camera. Can you come out here and take my picture with this fish? I'm not going to. He says, you want me to close the store so I can come out there and take your picture? I said, well, it'll only take you like 10 minutes. Come on, buddy. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> well, nowadays... The good news well, now is with my phone I can take a picture. Well, you can yeah. take a you take a bathroom selfie with the well, fish. Well, that I don't want to do. That's chicks do that all the time. Yeah, man. I don't want to do you that. You see more of these pictures yeah. and they got no. the mirror in the back. No, oh, I'll put the camera yeah. up high so it's shooting down yeah. on their chest. Well, but, I no, I I now I could take a picture of it. You know, I could do that. Well, yeah. you could ask that, some bog jogger, some some there was, some girl jogging by in spandex and say, "Hey, no. pull out your cuz you know they got their phone with them. Say, take a picture of me yeah. and my fish." 
Well, this was eh, this was probably about six, eight years ago. And, you know, there was one other boat on the lake, one other boat. And when I released the fish, of course, I had to hold it high so they could see it first, you know. This, there <laughs> you he is, do, gloating. You got to do that. Yeah, you got to. <laughs> anyway, I've had a lot of fun today, Danny. Yep, me Greg, as well. Thanks for everything. To and- all the listeners, thanks for listening. And God bless and stay free, everyone. You've been listening to the Midwestern Shooters Supply. Cutting edge outdoors. Let's go hunting. Lots is open, my friends. Talk to you next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.